Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a regular dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Hi! Hi. I call him dad, you call him daddy. Today we're joined by Lewis Oakley, bisexual activist, full-time father. And I think that's about it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, jokes aside, Lewis has been uncovering the discrimination and inequalities faced by the bisexual community for over five years. And we are very excited to have you finally with us today. Lewis has been begging to come on the show uh, probably for about five years too, uh, even though we only started a year ago. So <laughs> welcome to Queer Talk. Thank you. I've been banging on the doors. You've had your security taser me twice, but I'm finally in. <laughs> Um, so, Lewis, I don't think my introduction actually does you any justice. Um, actually, so you... I was like, I'm going to write a bit of that down. I could steal a bit of that from my bio. <laughs> okay, but in the meantime, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So, I am Lewis Oakley, bisexual activist. Basically started out taking my top off and writing articles, and that just, you know, people liked it. Um, and it's just kind of grown from strength to strength. It all kind of started with an article that I wrote because I was hugely annoyed at the LGBT community and their treatment of bisexuals. Got that published and then something really strange happened, which was that loads of bisexual men from all around the world started messaging me and saying, thank God, like there's someone finally talking about this. And I was kind of like, oh, well, I need to keep going now. Um, and yeah, I can't believe it. It's, it's been almost five years, I think. I, I, I won't know until the Facebook memory comes up at my first <laughs> But um, it's around five years and it's been great, you know. I hope I've done a bit to change things. Even that one article that you did resonated so much with so many people. That's probably why you got that response. Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, one of the things, the main reason I do this is, is for the other bi people out there that will reach out and it's always been so like strange to me to think that some people will turn to me in a really big time of need and I'm like but I'm just some guy on the internet that wrote an article that you that you read like surely there should be someone more professional that you want to turn to but there really isn't or at least they don't feel that there is um so I'm always like writing emails back like with proper disclaimers on like just in case the lawyers ask, I am not a relationship expert. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot sue me for this advice. But if you're asking my opinion... I think it's amazing that people actually do ask for your opinion because, like you said, you are just a guy that decided to take his top off and write his opinion down. Looking back at when you started, you were actually quite controversial. Do you think that what you were saying was controversial or it just hadn't been heard before? No, I think I, I think it's a mix of both. Like, I don't mind being controversial because sometimes there's things that just need to be said and the 
Jamaican half of me just takes over and it's like, well, it's done, it's said now, what are you gonna do? Um, so <laughs> there's that element of like, I just don't really care. So I'll say what I, what I think needs to be said. But I think the problem is bisexuals and the way I kind of talk about it, if it's on the right way, it pisses off the LGBT and the straight people and it pisses off the left wingers and the right wingers. So everyone mm. gets a bit mad and that's kind of like my barometer of like, oh, you're doing well. Cool, they're both angry. <laughs> if, if just one side was angry, then it'd be like, oh, I, th I think you're a bit off with this. So, you know, the, the, I remember one article I wrote that got me into a lot of trouble early on um, was about would you date a bisexual guy? And this was in Metro. I had another stab at it later on in, in a Cosmo article. But basically I kind of got two women, one that said she would date a bi guy and one that said she wouldn't and had them kind of put their opinions. Now, I did have a conclusion on that the editor took off and people just went wild. Like, how dare wow. you sort of normalize like this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, shut up. Like, number one, <laughs> you're no like bi advocate, so shut up. And second of all, like, this is just like bisexual people talking about their experiences. Like, you want to kind of yeah. basically hide the fact that a load of women wouldn't date bi men? Well, what's that gonna solve? You know, and I've definitely got in a lot of trouble kind of taking shots at the LGBT, but it's it's been where it's needed. And strangely, now it's more accepted than when I was doing it five years ago. Now it's kind of like, no, Pride in London, you've done this wrong or, or whatever it is. But back yeah. when I did it, I just seemed to get a lot of flack for it. So I don't know. I get, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm that controversial, but I do annoy people. But then who doesn't? We live in 2021. Everyone can spurt their opinions all day long. People like to push people down rather than big them up. But as I always say these days, if you didn't like my article, write your own. So that article, was it the perspective of someone who would date a bisexual man and then perspective of someone who wouldn't and then comparing the two? I interviewed one of each, yeah. So Cosmo, I think, was last year. But this was a Metro article that was like, I'm talking 2016 here. Does not wanting to date a bisexual man make you a bad person? Like, what's the answer? Well, that's... Does... <laughs> the answer is yes, no, maybe. So here's the thing. That, <laughs> that article for Cosmo was, was kind of born out of my kind of being able to see two perspectives, really. So I've been out and about and used to be a bit of a slut back in the day. Um, no one ever said to me, to my face, they might have thought it, but no one ever said to me, oh, you're mixed race, I could never date a mixed race guy. But people were all too happy to be like, you're bisexual, gasp. Like, I could never date a bisexual guy. And for me, it was like, I'm literally here with my other half. You're here with your other half. Like, we're not gonna date anyway. Why have you felt the need to kind of like say, oh my God, I could never date a bi guy. And for me, it was about, why are people so comfortable to be like, I could never date a bisexual? It's not a nice thing to hear. Like there are certain people I would not date, but I, I wouldn't go up to them and be like, I couldn't date you, blah, blah. Like you A wouldn't no. say it. I mean, sometimes I do say to Spencer, I wouldn't <laughs> date him, even though we're never going to date. <laughs> well, I think this is like some pent up kind of like sexual <laughs> chemistry. Everyone on Twitter right. feels this too. So I'm, I'm excited to see if your opinion changes in the future. But we, we definitely have very different types. So Spencer, it's a yes, no, maybe from me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, basically what I'm saying is when it comes to dating a bisexual man, it comes to your motivation. So if you're going to say, oh, I can never date a bisexual man because he's a cheat, he's got HIV, he's going to, you know, he, he can't commit. That is stigma. So, you you know, that, that does make you a bad person. If it's just, you know what, the idea that you have been with man before just doesn't turn me on, 
then, you know, fair enough. We shake hands, go our separate ways. But you don't really need to tell me that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's the same as with anything. It's like if you say, oh, I wouldn't date someone mixed race because I think, that, you know, that they're going to steal or something stupid. It's like, well, that's stigma. But if you're really into ginger guys and I'm not a ginger guy, then, then that's fine. But I don't want to hear about it either. Lewis, uh, maybe you should dye your hair ginger. Maybe this is like the future for you. I've considered it. I mean, it's been locked down. <laughs> I've had. To... You know what? I got um, literally like owned the other day by my eighty-nine-year-old granddad because he hasn't seen me in a while. We we talk on the phone twice a week, and my dad FaceTimed him from the house so he could see the baby. And the first thing he was he said was like, "What's happened to your hair?" And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "You want to ask Laura to get the lawnmower on it?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" An eighty-nine-year-old is like ripping me apart for my hair. So now I've got a sore spot. So when the when when we're back in the hairdressers, maybe I'll throw in a few colours. We love it though. It looks good. It looks it's quite bouncy. It's half afro, half straightens. This is the problem. Mm. I can't decide between whether I'm embracing my afro cultural side or whether I want to straighten it. So then I just end up with a bit of a wave. It looks good. It looks good. Just go with the flow, Lewis. Okay, anyway, for our listeners who aren't interested in Lewis's hair, I want to just <laughs> rewind a little bit. I want to know where this all kind of began because I actually haven't spoken to you about this before, but in terms of coming out and discovering your bisexuality. For me, and I think what I hear from a lot of other bisexuals is that you discover your sexuality quite late. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. So like, you know, if you're a young gay kid, the the second the other boys start talking about how nice the girls are and stuff and you don't feel that way, it's probably that kind of moment where you're like, well, why don't I feel that way? And then it's like, you know, I'm guessing, obviously. Um, for bisexuals, it was like, you know, I'm attracted to the girls, all the other boys are attracted to the girls, what's the problem? Um, it wasn't until I moved to London, I was about 19 years old, that I started going to gay clubs and seeing men kissing and thought, that looks like fun. Um, and then kind of realised, and then I think you have like that kind of period where you look back, and it was like, you know, is this a new thing? Like, has my sexuality changed because of my mm. postcode? Which is which is not true, obviously, even though someone did want to suggest that. <laughs> and I kind of looked back and I was like, actually, you know what? I have always been attracted to men. I just mistook that feeling. So I used to be like, oh, he's cool. I want to be like him. Or, oh, you know, he's cool. I want him to be my friend. Really, I just wanted to go to bed with him. But I just didn't understand that feeling at the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, now I've discovered it. I mean, I think for any man that kind of discovers he's attracted to men, there is that whole, well, am I gay? You know, what does this mean? Is this a, is this a, you know, a stepping stone as some people have used it? And just for me, it never was. I never lost that attraction to women. Um, so it, it was a hard one to balance, especially, you know, I had a, a relationship with a guy for two and a half years. Um, and you can kind of lose yourself in a gay relationship and you're so heavily involved in the LGBT and you have that kind of identity crisis sometimes of like, yeah. well, am I still attracted to women? And, and what's the point? Because, you know, is a girl ever going to touch me again after I've been with a guy for two and a half years and I've only got gay friends now and, and stuff like that? So so th- it, there's a bit of a journey there. And I would say when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, I just kind of went a bit by crazy. I mean, I was sleeping with everyone. It was just men, women you know, every day. And it was just like living the bisexual dream, but it made me really confident. And I was like, you know what, you know, everyone comes into their sexuality their own way. But it was like, after kind of going through that, I was like, no, I'm bisexual. You've got like, literally, like I'm, I I have no qualms, no worries. I'm not ashamed to say this. Whereas, you know, before mm. I, I, I have been, I'll, I'll never forget with my ex-boyfriend, who shall remain nameless, one of his friends that he lived with at the time, actually, 
when I said I was bisexual, she was like, oh, well, you know, um, you don't get bisexuals in their 30s, do you? So you're gonna have to pick a side eventually. And like my boyfriend kind of like nodding along and me at that time, knowing I was bisexual, but not really being confident enough to defend it, went, yeah, I guess. And it pains me to this day that I kind of just agreed with her. And it's, it's one of those things, if I could go back in time, that'd be the first thing I'd go back and fix. Uh, and <laughs> literally be like, mm. no, like, and I think that's what spurs me on a little bit because, you know, I'm here confident with being bisexual and a bisexual male. Um, that statistically is very rare. And I, I understand like what other bisexual men are going through. And that's kind of my motivation for, for doing this. Where I can to have the arguments for them, especially within society, but then also, you know, I don't want to be seen as this argumentative person. What I really want to do is inspire, like give people the tools to kind of help themselves. And you know what? It's so weird because I would say with bisexual men, there are probably the same 10 issues that they deal with. And so once you've actually spoken to people and I've obviously had the opportunity to sit down with a load of bi guys and, you know, it'll be something like, oh, I'm really worried because I'm dating a girl, but I keep watching loads of gay porn, you know, something like that, let's say, for instance. And I'm just like, oh yeah, but that's not a big deal. So what? And then and just another bi guy that's been through the same thing. You can see the stress leave their face of like, oh, I don't need to worry about that. So you mean the biphobes weren't right? Like it's not just that really I'm never going to be happy and blah, blah, blah. Because you know, that, that stigma gets in there and it can get in your own head and mess with you. It's interesting because like, if that's an issue for bi men, like they watch, they're watching gay porn because they might be in an opposite sex relationship. You're absolutely right. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm. But there's uh, like that sense of kind of betrayal internal betrayal internal conflict yeah that they might have and it's not just that they feel guilty it's like you know girlfriends don't like to know that you've watched porn anyway but porn with a man mm. it's like how, how can i compare with that and then it's like will they then feel insecure if they didn't already about the whole bi thing so that, there's a lot of things there that are just triggers and i just think that we as a society have not gone over them enough times to really just kind of cement look it's okay it's all right it's like ah oh, but be, just because we haven't talked about it enough You've just mentioned a couple, but like, what are some of the common misconceptions that we see? Obviously, this idea that one day you have to choose a side, because if you're going to settle down with someone, you're either gay or straight, essentially, based on, you know, the public's perception of you. So so what are some more like common misconceptions that you faced or, you know, that the community faced quite often? Well, yeah, I, I, well, kind of on that, because I like to go a little bit deeper on that one, that whole thing, if it's a phase. Like, I think a lot of people, in my experience, think that we come into our sexuality with a game plan, which goes something along the lines of, oh, well, they're just going to have fun in their 20s, and then in their 30s, they're going to settle down with an opposite-sex partner because it's easier to get married, have children, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you can't go into your sexuality with a game plan. Like, how would that work? Like, oh, you know, I have a boyfriend at 26, we're together four years, but suddenly an alarm goes off on my iPhone one day. And it's like, oh, sorry, we have to break up and sell the house because I promised myself that at 30, I would be with a woman. But that's just, that's just stupid. People don't have a game plan and it just, it just bugs me. I think obviously there is that stigma there around um, bisexuality is, you know, a stepping stone to being gay. And it's a very hard one to tackle because no bisexual guy has ever come out as gay. Gay men have come out as gay who, who have identified as bisexual first. So one of the things that really irritates me is gay men that did identify as bisexual on the way out of the closet to make their journey coming out a little bit easier and then turn around and give bisexual guys biphobia. 
It's like, but so most of the signal mm. we're facing is because of what you did. And there was an interesting study did it, done a few years ago. I think and I can't remember the stats off by heart, which makes me a terrible activist. But it was something <laughs> like it was something like um, half of gay men came out as bisexual before coming out as gay, and about seventy percent of them didn't actually believe they were bisexual at the time, but they were just kind of using it as that stepping stone, like knowingly. And so for me, it's like, okay, if you did that, like, I'm not here to judge you. You know, coming out is a horrible thing. No one should have to do it. You did what you had to do to make it easier for yourself. I get it. And I'm not judging you for it. But at the same time, A, don't be biphobic after that. And B, maybe there is something you could do to kind of help with, with the plight that bisexuals are going through now. So on that point, like when I was younger, 16, I did come out to a few of my friends as bisexual. Um, knowingly, uh, um, like I knew I wasn't bisexual, but it was just an easier label to have because people were getting bullied for being gay. Yeah, I didn't necessarily like come out as like, oh, I'm bisexual to everyone. It was more just to a few people to make the conversation a bit easier because I knew there would be stigma around being gay. Totally. You're absolutely right. Like that's still going to happen because I was 16 then. Like I didn't know better. I didn't know like that kind of phase, having that phase for me saying I'm bisexual for a bit. I didn't know that was going to have like an impact on actual bisexual people and I was just too young to understand that well now you're giving a platform to a bisexual guy so that's nice <laughs> so for me it's about so those people that you said that you were bisexual to so you can escape like that is their only point of reference of a bisexual guy so in their personal life they saw a bisexual guy that then came out as gay so the next bisexual guy that comes along that's what they that's what they're going to think because that's their point of reference mm. so it's about tackling that if I don't judge you I've seen it's all good <laughs> <laughs> no but you're absolutely right like by coming out as bisexual to a few people and then coming out as gay that's going to be the reference point until someone else comes along and fixes that yeah we we touch upon this you know i think this applies to everyone in the lgbt um community because when we're in the public eye we really do have like um we really should behave a certain way because we are people, we are the representation, right? Like me and you, or all three of us sat here doing this podcast, we are the representation of queer people. And if we if we do that wrong or, or in a way that's going to affect other people, then that that's where those stereotypes come from, right? That's when you see you see them exist in, in media and TV and film, and it and it paints this picture of the community, you know, as promiscuous, as confused, as as whatever. Um, so I think we we do have um, I can't even think of the word. We do have a job like on our hands to make sure that we we do that right when we're in the public eye. But it's it's really difficult because we spend so many you know years figuring out who we are anyway. You don't. You can't do it the right way. You can't, you know, think about your behaviour in each and every situation. So I think it's really, really tough. Well, I um, try what... not to judge like individual people, like Mufsin, for example. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. let's look at the wider issue, right? The only people where I will pick on them is celebrities. So Ollie Locke, I did write an article kind of on the topic, and I mentioned him as one of the people that had like publicly come out, and it's like. Look, you're a celebrity, fine, and I get that you're on your own journey with that, but you, because you are so well-known, you can't fuck about with this stuff because so many people are watching you. I was then getting, like, you know, messages from people like, oh, people said, oh, like Holly Locke did, stuff like that, which then made it super awkward when um, I got asked to go on stage with Holly Locke at Student Pride a few years ago, and I was there seething with rage, plus slightly like, (laughs) oh, shit, is he going to be like that article you wrote about me? 
I just, I just had to get through it. So for celebrities, I won't tolerate it because there, there have been a few like high profile celebrities that have done the, the buy to gay thing. And I'm like, well, well done. You've just, you know, created stigma for millions more people. Yeah. Um, so now I have to unpick that. But for everyday, you know, civilians or people didn't know that they were going to have a profile at the time, it's fine. Mm. But celebrities put themselves up for it. So they can't be mad if I take shots at them. This is this is the controver- controversial Lewis that we know and love. Um, <laughs> just trying to trying to stir the pot everywhere and then go, well, they can't be mad at me for being mad at them. <laughs> they can't! Because they, they don't apologise for it. I mean, there was, um, was there Nic- Nicola Adams? Was that who was on? Was it like Strictly Come Dancing or something? So she did that whole bye to, to lesbian thing. And it was like, but you've come out publicly in an article and now m- millions more people are going are gonna to think of it as this way. So fine if that's what you need to do but you also you can't like because this is what annoys me is that then all of the lgbt press is like clapping them like they're so brave they came out and i'm like well hold on what are you gonna do to kind of like repair the damage you've done for bisexuals which is now seen as this phase it's like having a duty of care so if you come out as a celebrity as bisexual you now represent the bisexual community if that's not your community don't say it yeah and whether you like it or not unfortunately we don't get a choice based on the point we're on in history like if you are a celebrity and you come out as bisexual people are going to base their perception of what bisexuality is on you and i'm sorry i i'm sorry that that's the way it works but it is i i wish it wasn't the case i wish you could just come out as bisexual and not have to have the weight of perception on your shoulders but, th- but that's just not the world we live in are there any other misconceptions um, well, I would say probably the non-monogamy thing is quite big. It's like, you are attracted to men and women. <gasps> How could you possibly ever be satisfied with just one? So that one's quite annoying. And what's obviously difficult is in responding, you can't make non-monogamy sound bad because there are some people that are non-monogamous and that's fine. But equally, there are bisexuals that are monogamous and that, that, that don't want to cheat and, and that don't want an open relationship or whatever it is. So so I think that's that's another one. Are you in a monogamous relationship, if you don't mind me asking? I am in a monogamous relationship. Bloody hell, two kids. I haven't got time for a non-monogamous relationship <laughs> even if I wanted one. <laughs> I just want to touch upon quickly this idea of the label because it seems that the, the word bisexual carries a lot of weight with it, right? Mm. Whereas if you just went with loving who you loved this step from bisexual to gay or bisexual to lesbian wouldn't be a thing so much and i know that you know pansexual defined is you you love people regardless of their gender how do you feel about that label obviously you're very proud to be bisexual you say it you know as every other word in in most of your sentences but how do you how do you feel do you, do you think that's important or or do you think people could live without those labels labels personally i think are very important because you know i have to spend a lot of time pitching articles and story ideas um to media and one of the things they keep saying to me is that oh well no one really identifies by anymore people are just more fluid like they're just like you know they're just not defining and everything and so that then it becomes really hard it's like and this is from like sort of the left-wing progressives it's like bisexual so old-fashioned man so then you go to the right-wing press and they're like get out of here so it's like well, again we have nowhere to be All, and from my point of view personally it's about statistics and research like a lot of the stuff i do is backed up by 
the very limited amount of research we have. So we need to have that word bisexual to kind of define what we're doing. And that's when I can then say, oh, well, you know, 81% of bisexuals are in the closet or whatever it is, you know, and then kind of say, and because of that, we now need to action this. And this is how we benchmark making things better. If yeah. we dilute that by even not having labels or having too many, it becomes really hard to monitor what's going on and then, you know, the actions to kind of fix it. You know, for me, labels are important. They always will be. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, I, think that, I think that makes sense. So you're saying like, all, if all the studies have been done on using the label bisexual, if yeah. we ditch that word, then we don't have the backup anymore. For instance... Is that what you're saying? Yeah. For instance, how much money has the LGBT spent on bisexuals in around the last 50 years? Lewis, we don't know the answer to this, but I love that you've got your little fucking note- <laughs> notebook sat in front of you. So please share with the group. It's less than 1%. How, and how much? how many people in the LGB are bisexual? It's 52%. So 1% <laughs> of the funding is being spent on 52 <laughs> you didn't give me, give me a chance to guess. Well, I'm, I mean, I know this is a, a podcast, but I can see both their faces and they both didn't look like they were about to answer. So I jumped in. So you know, <laughs> it's stuff like that, that we can kind of historically say, well, look, you've been underfunding this and we're actually a really big portion of it because of course, you know, you've got trans people that are bisexual as well. So this is a, this is a huge demographic and you're not looking at it. Mm. You know, if we then kind of get rid of the label, well, what have we got to say? We can't even really monitor it. We can't even really make any points. Would you not then choose pansexual as like a sub-label of bisexual or...? Yeah, so for me, I mean, on the bi and pan um, like issue, so this is a very loaded topic, so I have to be very careful about what I say here because I'm not trying to piss anyone off. Um, So first of all, I kind of see all of bisexual, pansexual as kind of fitting under that bi umbrella because everything is kind of, you know, on the spectrum. So, you know, you've got people that are... I mean, I hate using this term, but, you know, 90% attracted to men, 10% attracted to women. But, you know, you've got everyone on that Kinsey scale and you've got everyone that kind of, you know, under the umbrella of bi has different terms that they might identify with a bit more. The difference between bisexuality and pansexuality historically, and this is what I've read, so I take it as true, is that pan is Latin for all, which has been which has kind of been interpreted as, you know, attracted to all people. Not obviously all people, but all different genders and categories and however you might want to define yourself. Yeah. Whereas bi has, is Latin for two, and that kind of was interpreted as attracted to, to two genders. Obviously, this is using Latin words for 2021. It doesn't really work anymore. Obviously, we've got more than two genders. So, you know, how people have kind of changed that now is that bi is an attraction to more than one gender. And... You know, obviously then it's like, well, what's the difference between pan and bi now then? I personally interpret it as someone that is pansexual is attracted to the person and whatever the gender is comes next. The personality comes first, maybe a bit more. Uh, And it's kind of like the gender's inconsequential. Whereas with me, it's like, you know, part of, you you know, you're, you're this guy or you're this girl, kind of like that is part of the turn on. It's like that and your personality. If that makes sense. But that's just me personally. And obviously this is a very heated topic and people are really funny about this. But, you know, I've just always identified yeah. as bisexual. That's that's just the label that, that has mattered to me as someone attracted to more than one gender. 
Um, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel that this is one of those things where I was talking to someone recently in Birmingham that's like LGBT, and I was like, you must just think we're mad here in London because we just attack each other over 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 these things and it's like we're like here like this is, this is the wrong term what do you say i'm gonna cancel you and it's like meanwhile like further north of here it's like i can't even hold my same sex partner's hand like what are you guys doing so i try not to get too involved in it. i've never written an article on the whole bi pan thing because for me it doesn't really matter it all fits under the the same umbrella and whatever you feel is yeah. your motivating factor in your sexuality is is your own business yeah, I think everyone can use whatever label they feel and however interpret it however they want to. We do we do not like cancel culture here, but your interpretation of bisexual pansexual would be different to someone else's. But we need to have those discussions, you know. We yeah. need to have those discussions and talk about that and respect that everyone's going to have a different viewpoint. If we just say, "Hey, that's different to how I perceive it," therefore I'm not talking to you, then we're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. There is one interpretation of bisexual which I quite like, and I've heard it before. Is it means I'm attracted to my my gender and others. So that's where the bi is, the two, the notion of two. I, I like that one as well. I think the one that I feel like people are going with is the more than one. So that kind of incorporates mm. that you could be attracted to cisgender, you know, non-cisgender of different of different genders um, and sexes, obviously. So yeah, however people want to want to label it is great. Yeah, I think like yeah. Mavsin said, having the conversations is one thing and also respecting everyone regardless of you know, who they're interested in and why. Yeah. And like you said earlier on, Lewis, like, as long as you're not going oh, yeah. up to someone and saying like, oh, have you got a penis? Okay, I like you. You know, it's like, <laughs> you you would never do that in real life. Like, I think we often forget when we're online what it, what it would be like in the real world. Like, when we're typing messages or like writing tweets, like, would you actually say that in the real world? And would you get away with it? And I think if we, if we stopped mm-hmm. and thought about what we're writing and what we're saying a lot more, I think there'd be a lot less controversy and also a lot less of cancel culture everyone seems to you know constantly think that they know best and I think we've been doing a lot of work lately on just kind of zipping our mouths and listening to people's experiences it's exactly what this show is is for and about and you actually you actually learn so much more and become a lot more open-minded by just like basically shutting the fuck up and and it's vital I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> okay. Um, back to the fact that 1% of LGBT funding goes on 52% 
of bisexuals in or 52% of the community that are bisexuals where should the biggest focus to support the bisexual community be right now if someone was sat right now with a pot of money and they're like oh I need to support bisexuals what would they do with that money Lewis Ooh, so much um so I think the first thing is on research and action so you know a lot of the times I've found um with the research that's done it's kind of like gay and bisexual men are more likely to X. Um, and I always disregard that research mm. straight away. So it's like, oh, gay and bisexual men are more likely to get chlamydia or whatever it is, for instance sake. And I'm like, but gay men are, by and large, men having sex with men. Bisexuals can be having sex with, you know, all different kinds of people. So one of the things that I've never really found good research on, allegedly there was some study done in Australia on this, but as a bisexual man, are you more or less likely to use a condom with a man or a woman? But that's something I can't find good stats on. And it's like, well, say like, say for argument's sake, if, if bisexual men are more likely to use a condom with a man, but they don't use it as much with a woman, you know, what are the, what are the health um, risks associated with that? And if that is a big issue, like where is the health campaign to then kind of like say, guys, like, come on, you, you've got to use condoms across the board. And, you know, where would you put yeah. your sexual health campaign? Where would you target bisexual men or women or bisexual trans people? What, what are they reading? Where are they going? So it's, it's that kind of thing that's never really been done. It's just like that bisexual men in particular have been an afterthought of gay men. Um, so I'd say let's, let's do some research into the bi experience. Like, you know, I found that some of the things that are very unique to bisexuals have just never really been looked at. Even just existing in two different cultures, like going from dating a man to dating a woman, which is what I did, was very different culturally. Like there were some things that I just thought, well, I did this when I was dating a guy, why can't I do it when I'm dating a girl? And obviously that is very dependent on the person, but you've got to think like, you know, a straight girl has different expectations of what a, a relationship looks and feels like to what a gay yeah. man does. Um, and, you know, and I think that that's sometimes where bisexuals can run into a bit of trouble sometimes. Cause it's like, well, I, I just, I didn't realize like, you know, when my ex-boyfriend texts me at two in the morning, like I'm on the night bus drunk. Um, I just thought being a good person was waiting to waiting to start the next episode of netflix you know whereas with a woman it might be like well you better be at the bus stop waiting for me when i come off you know things like that obviously it's a very stereotypical thing but those things do happen i remember my first date after breaking up with my boyfriend of two and a half years my first date with a girl i was kind of getting ready to it and my housemate was like oh are you paying for it and i was like oh well no it's kind of like a mutual thing we'll probably just split it and she was like in hysterics at me she's like you're the man you have to pay for it she'll walk out of there if you don't pay for it and it was like really like but on dates with guys like we just split it and stuff like that so <laughs> even things like that which obviously seem very old-fashioned and like oh well we've moved yeah. away from that but there are still elements of that that goes on um and so you know we're all moving forward and we're all progressing, but there are still elements that are always going to be different. And, you know, two men in a relationship is yeah. very different to a man and a woman in a relationship. So to answer your question, first, we need to understand the bi experience. We need to understand better, like, where it's going wrong, because I could reel off stats <laughs> to you all day of the, the limited research that's been done. 
which is, you know, it, it's it's just not the best research. I mean, it's a good kind of indicator, but it's not as in, as in-depth as it needs to be. But from the research I have, basically, bisexuals kind of do worse in every way we measure success. From how much they earn an hour, to their levels of poverty, to their health, to their mental health. Like, it's not good, so we need to deal with it. So I think that that would be my first thing, is research and action. I think, as well, it's got to be about celebrating. So, for me in particular, celebrating by men. You, so many bisexual men are in the closet. So many bisexual men hate themselves because they are bisexual. So many bi men don't feel that they fit in in the gay world or the straight world. They feel rejected by both. They don't yeah. like it, and they're, they're in the closet. You know, the two main emails I get because I get emails from bisexual men sort of all around the world the main one is how do I come out to my wife you wouldn't believe how many people email asking me that and it's oh my god you're already married and you've got kids and, and, and a mortgage and, and you, she still doesn't know that is really common and the second one is oh I've been with a guy like five years um, he doesn't really think bisexuality is a thing all of our friends are gay what's the point in really telling people I'm bisexual like no one's gonna believe me no one's gonna take me seriously anyway you know it's, it's that kind of thing. So I think we need to get in the habit and put some money in towards celebrating bisexual men. So, you know, if there are celebrities that are coming out, you know, well, let's bring them in. Let's put them on the front cover of a magazine or something. Let's have them front a campaign. Let's have them talking about it. If people are willing to do that, just kind of normalizing bisexual men, you know, it wouldn't take much. All we need is a couple of, you know, celebrities, a couple of, you know, famous TV characters that, that kind of like really grab people's attention and make people think. And it's like, oh, you know what? It's like when this happened in that show. And it's like, you know, what happened with that celebrity? And it all becomes normal. We can do this really quickly. We have so much technology at our hands. The point about understanding the bi experience is so crucial. Yeah. Like, I remember last year where I saw the statistic about... Um, bisexual people having worse mental health than other people in LGBTQ. If you don't go drill, if you don't drill down into that level of detail, then we're never going to understand that bisexual people have worse mental health across the board because we'll always be looking at just gay people in general. Absolutely. I mean, there was a study the other day that, that found that um, bisexual women were the most likely to be closeted to their partners. And it was kind of like this, yeah. it came out, that stat came out, it was reported. And they was like, well, we'll just move on then. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? No, like, why? Why are they more likely to be closeted? Like, let's drill down and then let's fix it. It's like, you know, it's, that's the kind of feel, thing I feel as a bisexual. It's like, by the way, your mental health sucks. You're probably the most likely to kill yourself. Next. It's like, what? <laughs> what? You can't just drop that on me and walk off. Like, you, we have to. And I think the thing is as well, like, <laughs> bisexuals need to have more faith that LGBT groups that profess to look after our, in our interests have got this. So, you know, the other thing we need to do is, is, is kind of build that trust. You know, if I, as a bisexual man, call Stonewall and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming out, I'm struggling, do I have that, that reassurance that they're not just going to lead me towards being gay and kind of like, you know, put me, mm. up, you know, make me wrongly identify as something because a lot of LGBT stuff historically has been gay men at the top kind of looking at things through gay eyes and being like well my experience was bisexuality was a phase for me so it must be for you too you know that th there's that kind of stuff so in that sense bringing bisexuals up to the top or you know top adjacent at least just so that we can kind of say oh well no it might be this and just so that we can actually produce lgbt resources and groups that 
that are actually helpful for all LGBT people. So kind of just on that, if a young bisexual person wants to come out, they'll go to LGBT charities and they'll have loads of resources about coming out for a gay person. That's helpful, but not really, because it's not the same experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, coming out as bisexual is completely different to coming out as gay. It's kind of like, if you come out as gay, and I might get this a bit wrong, but if you come out as gay, it's kind of like, well, this is what it is. This is what my future looks like. It's same sex. It's, you know, not being able to have a biological child with my partner. So, you know, we, we might want to start thinking about adoption or surrogacy or whatever it is. You know, we can't go here on holiday. You know, it's kind of like, okay, well, we know what it is. We know what, what we can and can't do. And we know the things we need to change. I come out as bisexual. I can still end up married to a woman, can end up married to a man, can end up single. There's still those kind of like, well, I'm coming out, but there's still so, it doesn't really tell you how my life's gonna turn out. And that kind of uncertainty can kind of add to that mental health, especially when you've got two sides of gays and straights saying, nah. Did you think you'd have children? I always wanted kids. So even if I'd have ended up with a guy, you know, we would have looked into surrogacy or adoption or something like that. Like I've always, I don't know, for some weird reason, and I think it's one of those things, like, don't have kids unless you're really passionate about it. Trust me, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> As a bisexual father, I mean, you're a bisexual activist, so imagine you're going to be very open about your sexuality to your children. But for, like, people who aren't a bisexual activist, would you have any advice for someone who might be a bisexual father? Do, or a bisexual parent? Yeah, do it now or be left behind. So funny story, obviously names, uh, names have been changed, but um, there was a guy that was messaging me about coming out and about coming out to his kids. He then messaged me about a few weeks later and was like, so my son's just come out as bisexual. I definitely can't come out now. It's going to look like I've stole his thunder. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what a fun world we live in. Look, on a serious note, for bisexuals that are in an opposite sex relationship, that are settled down, that do have kids, you have a responsibility for for everyone to, to be honest and to live openly. And I'm sorry to put that on you, but you do. Because this is what makes people think, oh, well, it's just a phase. It's just something the young go through. And it's because bisexuality is invisible. You know, if you see, if I were with my boyfriend holding our hands walking down the street, people would say, oh, a lovely gay couple. Or... Oh, disgusting, a gay couple, whatever. Um, when I walk through the park now with, you know, my other half and our kids, people think, oh, a lovely straight couple, which is why I had that bisexual t-shirt made, just to rub it in people's faces. If we don't challenge the perceptions, and if we just think, oh, you know what? The kids haven't slept all night, I have, I have work, I've not got time for this. Then that, that perception never changes. What it really needs and what would be really impactful is for people like me, that are practically married and have kids to be able to challenge and be like, no, I'm bisexual. It's like, oh, well, you know, why, why are you bothering saying this? It's like, for this very reason, because I don't want other young people to be like, oh, well, it's a phase, isn't it? You don't get any bisexual 30 year olds. Um, so I think it's hugely important. It doesn't come without worry. Like I've made it sound really straightforward there. there there's obviously worry, um, you know, so I have two kids. My son is my stepson. Um, so I wasn't in his life from the beginning. Um, and as I kind of like got close to him and we started to develop our relationship, one of the things I did say to him over half was like, okay, well, I do want to tell him I'm bisexual because I am. 
and you know it's it's kind of for me it's like obvious as my skin color it's like well you know i'm not white mm. am i um but just because bisexuality is invisible you do have to verbally say it and i was worried i wasn't worried about him having an issue with it what i was worried about was him not thinking it was an issue talking about it at school and then him being bullied and that is one thing that is as we said about the bi experience like there is a lot of guilt there with when you're involved in that kind of straight facing stuff like my girlfriend who is straight has face biphobia because she dates me and i was worried about that happening to my kids whereas i think with gay men it's kind of like well they hate gay people and my partner's gay so it's not my fault it's just them whereas i think bisexuals can kind of put that that pressure on themselves a little bit like well if you'd just be with a straight guy like yeah, you wouldn't be having this problem but so for me i was like i was just a bit worried that like the kids at school would be mean to him Turns out the kids at school think I'm great because I've been in, in the newspaper and stuff and they think I'm a bit of a rock star. They, they think I'm famous. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> so, you know, that was never an issue. With my daughter, I mean, she's six months old. She's only just learned to say dada. I think it's going to be a while after saying the word bisexual. Um, but it's not something that's going to be hidden from her at all. I've got all sorts of bisexual paraphernalia around the house from like, you know, me in bisexual t-shirts on the stage at Pride to my Attitude magazine cover, they're all on the wall. So at some point she's gonna be like, what's that data? And I'll be like, well, this is what it is. And I think, you know, you don't wanna teach your kids shame. If you're not telling your kids, it's because you think it's something to be ashamed about. And is that, you know, first of all, do you wanna teach them to be a coward? But also like, what if they're bisexual themselves one day? Like they're gonna grow up into a more open world, touch wood, than we're in right now. Like you don't want to put them at a disadvantage of being like, oh, that's a bit, a bit weird, you know, and parents can do that if they're not careful. I always remember like when my parents, um, when we were growing up, whenever there was like a kissing scene or a sex scene on TV, my mom would be like, oh, kissy kissy and put like the pillow over my head. And I think that gave me a bit of a complex of like, oh, kissing is wrong. And you know, sex is like a bit naughty. And it took me a while to get over that. And I think I don't want to do that with my kids. Yeah. The idea of passing down shame. No queer parent wants to do that. No, no one wants to, to do that at all. We're going to be open yeah. with them. Like I always, you know, said to my stepson, like any girls or, or guys or anyone at school, like it was never the assumption he was straight. Turns out he is straight. I mean, he's only 11. Like I would still say, well, it's too soon to know. But um, <laughs> he's, he definitely, if he's not straight, he's very straight presenting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I think, you know, the same with my daughter, It'll, you know, she'll she'll know about all the sexualities and genders you can be and know that mommy and daddy wouldn't care where they fall on any of those spectrums. I think you're secretly rooting for them both to be bisexual, though, right? Spencer, I do not want to force my sexuality on my kids. <laughs> I I will love them regardless of whatever they are. Okay, well, that's amazing. They've also, I mean, the six-month-old, maybe not, not yet. They've really embraced that too, right? Like, I think it didn't affect your relationship with your son. No, it didn't at all. I mean, he, like, literally thinks that I'm, like, a... Spencer, you'll laugh at this. He thinks that I'm, like, an expert on, like, Instagram and, like, YouTube and stuff. And he's like, come on, you know how to do this because you do this with your bisexuality. You need to help me. Like, I want to build my profile on TikTok or something. I'm like, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Literally. I can vouch for that. The interesting story, though, was I, I did kind of, like, build myself up to how am I going to come out to my stepson. And it was only because I wanted to, like, I wanted to do it, but I also didn't want to make it this big deal. And I was like, maybe I can just drop it into conversation. But interestingly, what actually ended up happening was that he asked his mom, what's gay? 
what's straight, what's bisexual? And then when she explained what bisexual was, she was like, oh, is that what Lewis is? And she was just like, yeah. And so he actually ended up knowing and asking the question without me having to mm. tell him. I was like, oh, well, that's cool then. I've sorted. It might be because you framed all your bisexual articles on the wall. <laughs> Could be. Could be. <laughs> I, you don't need to imagine what I've seen. It's exactly that. Lewis's house is literally just pictures of Lewis in every room, on every wall. There's a couple pictures of his family. But apart from that, I mean, even just on this call right now, you can see he's got his pictures of himself in the background. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Celebrate what you love. Absolutely. If no one else is going to cheerlead for you, Lewis, you got to do it for yourself, No one else, right? is, no one else <laughs> cares that I exist. I have to. I care that you exist. Um, this kind well. of leads into our final question. Just to make a point, I think the next generation, like your son, are more open-minded and definitely more clued up about the different types of sexualities and gender and, and know that it's okay. So my, my final question um, for you is, you know, what does the future look like to you? Or what do you hope that the future will look like for bisexual people? I just hope that bisexuals will be able to come out and, and it not be like a... <gasps> gasp like you know spit the tea out moment just that it's like oh i'm bisexual that's okay i hope that statistically speaking when when they do the research it's like well you've got nothing to moan about are you because statistically you're doing all right and you know that we brought bisexuals together enough that bisexuals are there to be able to support each other um because i I think that's one of the things that I've, i've spoken about before is like you know a lot of bisexuals don't really have the opportunity to meet each other and to talk about things in the in the same way that gay and lesbian people tend to do. So bringing bisexuals together is important. But ultimately, I just want everyone to be inspired. I want I don't want anyone to think of being bisexual as a handicap. I want people to be like, yeah, I'm bisexual. I want them to have no fear and be like, you know, happy to offer that information and for them to feel that it's not held them back in any way in their life. And, you know, for them to really Stop focusing on the negative, which is what we have to do now, unfortunately, and stop and just focus on the positives. Like you're bisexual, you have such like an interesting perspective on life. You know, you're not limited by gender when it comes to to finding love. You've been able to experience the gay culture, the straight culture, and you can kind of pick for yourself which elements of those things you want to keep and create in your own little bubble. You know, to to just be inspired and for and for just life to just be effortless. I mean, that's what I want in my life. I want life to be effortless. I don't want stress. I don't want trouble. I just want to wake up, have fun. It all come together and then that's fine. I'm happy. I thought that was your current attitude. That's what it seems to be. The past the past few months, you just you just wake up and hope that everything works out for you. You're just waiting to be famous. I don't care about being famous. Nowadays, being famous, it's not paid very well. Everyone hates you. You can't leave your house. I don't want that. But no, I just, I just, for me, I just want an effortless life. I don't want to actually put too much effort into anything anymore. Besides raising your kids, right? I will put effort into it, but I would rather it was effortless. I just like want (laughs) everyone to be happy and be like, you know what? I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like this is challenging. I just have the energy for what I need to do in life. So I'm not trying to bite off more than I can chew anymore because I, I'm one of those people that was just really ambitious younger as I was younger, like you, Spencer, with your 10 million social media accounts and everything like that. So I was there before. And what I'm saying is as you approach 30, you're kind of like, right, I'm done climbing the ladder. I want to be a good dad, a good husband. I want to be good at my job and I want to be impactful as a bisexual activist. And that's it. And I don't need to climb any further. I just need to nourish those areas of my life and be happy and find them rewarding enough. Not be constantly like, right, what's next? Right, 
I've got to get to 10,000 yeah. followers now. Right, well, that, that's got me well and, well and truly told. <laughs> no, I've, climb that ladder, Spencer. But I'm just saying in seven years, you'll be like, fuck this, I want to chill. Yeah, I think in seven months I'll be like that, to be honest. It, it, it's, it's exhausting <laughs> being everywhere, you know, in everyone's faces all the time. But um, like you said, the work that all of us do here is, is to try and better the lives of other people. Um, not to sound like superheroes, but... I think we are all superheroes in your own way. I'm sure the two of you have inspired people. I'm sure that people look at you and see parts of themselves in each of you and are like, they're doing it. And, and you know, the thing is about what we kind of do, which is so public-facing, is you've got to think of all the people that are sort of closeted or not able to be out, as out as we are, mm. that are like, look, if he can post a topless selfie saying, like, gay and proud on Twitter then I can at least tell my mom. You know what I mean? So it's about that. So I understand that people like us are a bit exaggerated, um, (laughs) but that's just so that people that aren't can kind of at least be a bit more comfortable in in who they are. And I hope that's what we're doing. Us being exaggerated is validating others. Exactly. That's what I like to think when I take my top off and write bisexual on my chest. (laughs) Like, do I think all other bi men are going to do that? No. But do I think them seeing me doing that is going to be like, well, I can at least, you know, tell my other half, you know, if this guy is like plastered over the papers doing it. Yeah, it's inspiring. You actually have been really inspiring today, Lewis. I'm very impressed with your performance. Um, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was expecting from this conversation. Obviously, we have a very good relationship offline and um, I expected you to just be stat after stat after stat. Um, I have you saved. I ha- for for our, for our listeners. I I have Lewis saved as my dad in my phone because he's always been like a like a bisexual dad to me, and so it's interesting to be to to just kiki with Lewis in this way where you know that power dynamic has has reversed because now I'm the one asking the questions, but yet you you've really showed up. You have been very inspiring as both as a father and as a bisexual. So I'm very grateful for that. Well, that's what I aim to do. And for reference, you're saved in my phone as the queer one. <laughs> and that was because when we met in Manchester, I like, I couldn't remember your handle, but I knew it had the word queer in it. So, and I just needed to save your number really quickly. I was like, the, and I was like, queer one? And I, I just saved you as the queer one. And I've never changed it. So there you go. Actually, when we first met, it was in Manchester. And I was doing a Gaydio interview at the time. And I think it had been, like, arranged last minute. And I didn't want to cancel on you. So I was like, I really want to meet you for drinks. I'm really excited to hear who you are. But can we just quickly pop to Gaydio so I can do this interview? And you just, like, was and so nice. How, how long did you tell me? Room. How long did you tell me that was going to take? I don't know how long did I tell like, you. Like, literally, you were like, oh, I just got to pop to somewhere for five minutes. And I think you did like an hour interview or something. But you know what? A beautiful friendship was born. We had those beautiful alcoholic slushies afterwards. We've been to Pizza Express a million times. But you know what? You, you bring a lot of joy to my life. You're an upbeat, positive person. I like it. Winning. To the listeners, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, I'm appreciating the love between the two of you. And now I understand the intro when Spencer was calling you daddy. <laughs> exactly. But Mufsi, so one of the things that we haven't talked about that I am looking at doing right now is... I've always looked at bisexuality through the prism of LGBT. And at the moment, I'm kind of focused on looking at it through the prism of being male and looking at it through that area. And so one of the things I'm doing mm. right now is a new YouTube series, which must seen you're on episode three, as soon as I edit it and get it up, <laughs> um, which is looking at you know different men and how our sexuality and our mental health has, has played into our experience. So that's something that I am looking to do. But as I say, 
I'm biting off more than I can chew, and that's not what I want to do in life. I want everything to be easy. But that episode will be coming out soon. Look at that cheeky plug. That is the end of episode 28. So thank you so so much, Lewis, for joining us. And thank you to each and every one of our listeners, as always, for sticking this out to the end of each episode, because, you know, we we do tend to drone on a little bit sometimes. Um, So thanks for listening. Do you not give them a bonus thing for listening to the end? We can give them a round of applause if you want. No, they should be able to, like, and now this is the code you put in to see our naked selfie or something. You need to give an incentive. They they get that shit for free on Twitter. (laughs) If you you want to let our listeners know where your OnlyFans is, now's the time, Lewis. Do the OnlyFans after I get (laughs) cancelled and retire. That's when I'll launch my OnlyFans. That's the retirement (laughs) plan. But what about your other socials that do exist? Uh, how can our listeners find you? Um, so Louis Oaks is is what I am on Instagram and um, Twitter. So yeah, do get those followers up because Spencer's so smug every time he gets a new follower that I don't have. <laughs> My goal in life maybe should just be to beat your social following, Spencer. I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge. Let's do it. Do not forget to let us know that you have listened to the show on socials. We are on Instagram at queer underscore talk and on Twitter we are queer talk underscore. Until next time, bye. bye.